chapter 25. Pardon me. Exodus 25. Next week will be the last week of our study. Uh, at that time, we'll be having a uh, series by John MacArthur on uh, marriage and as an excellent series, and so you will want to be a part of that. Amen. We want to, uh, if we can today, get through the Ark of the Covenant. Now, this may uh, not be possible. Uh, don't want to rush it, but I would like to possibly get through this. This is what this all has been leading up to. The tabernacle, the brazen altar, the brazen laver, the holy place with the table of showbread, the golden altar, and uh, the candlestick, all been leading up to, uh, and the veil that we talked about last week, leading up to coming into uh, the holy of holies to the ark of the covenant, the ark of the covenant, amen. And so uh, the veil we talked about uh, last week, the veil is a picture of what? The veil is a picture, a symbol of what? Brother Kennard? Okay, and uh, it, what's that? Right, separation that is there, and that separation uh, is uh, dealt with how? How is that separation ultimately dealt with? Jeff? Okay. Picture of Jesus, and what about Jesus? Okay, the torn body of Jesus Christ that through what Jesus did through his body being broken for us that we have access to the presence of God to relationship with God and this is what uh, allows us uh, to have relationship with God amen what were the uh, it, it was a picture of Jesus what about it told us that it was a picture of Jesus what and what are they Blue, purple, scarlet, and white. Okay, so his divinity, his uh, humanity, his royalty, and his righteousness uh, were all pictured in the veil. Okay, uh, someone could read us Exodus 25. Let's begin right in verse 1 that was our, uh, our basic text for this study. I want someone to read for us. Exodus chapter 25, verses 1 through 22. Lengthly passage, somebody with a good set of lungs and a good loud voice uh, that could read that for us. Somebody. Brother Palmer. The commandment unto the children of Israel. Okay, so we have the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat. These are seen as one piece of furniture, but they're actually two uh, pieces. We have the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant itself, 
And what we're talking about is a, uh, uh, if we're looking down on it, we're talking about a wooden box that is overlaid inside and out with gold that has rings on uh, the corners to be carried. And that is what the Ark of the Covenant is. It is uh, two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit and a, and a half uh, high. And this is the Ark of the Covenant. That's uh, what the Ark is. And then the mercy seat is something that rests upon the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, it's What it is is the lid. And I can't draw angels. But anyways, there's a lid and then there's an angel. Uh, you know, he's, he's looking <laughs> and then... And, uh, yeah, they get, they get wings. And so, uh, no disrespect intended, just lack of talent. This is, uh, uh, here's the lid. And this is made out of solid gold. And this, uh, there is also on this a crown that is here like we saw on the, uh, on the table of showbread. It's made, this uh, mercy seat is made again of one beaten piece of gold, not just uh, fashioning a, an angel over here, an angel over here, and a crown, and then gluing them or welding them all together. It must all, all had to be made out of one beaten piece of gold. This Ark of the Covenant could be, uh, go, you go through the veil into the Holy of Holies uh, to meet with God in the Ark of the Covenant, and this happened once a year. Someone find us Leviticus 16, 11 through 14. Leviticus 16, Bill Kimball. One time in the year when this could be entered into. Go ahead and read that when you find it. Leviticus 16:11 through14. Okay. So this is the uh, time of entrance into uh, the holy place and the Ark of the Covenant. So there's our description. We need to see that this is the focal point of all that is happening, of all that has been uh, led up to. We have, uh, this is the first item. You noticed that uh, in our reading you had the introductory, introductory first nine verses of Exodus chapter 25, and the first thing was, you shall make me an ark. This is the focus. This was the number one concern. This was the focal point of all that uh, was to happen in the tabernacle, and therefore, it is the focal point uh, uh, in typology of all that God would do in redemption. This is the purpose uh, of God that is being made known to us. This is God's first concern. And so we have uh, something that is made of gold and it is made of wood. And again, we have a picture of the church of Jesus Christ. 
Most uh, commentators will give you a picture. That they see everything as Jesus, everything uh, as Jesus in the whole tabernacle. Uh, and that, uh, uh, the, a point can be made for that, uh, but I think as we'll go along that uh, the church fits much better into that pattern. The, God didn't just hover over uh, Jesus. God just didn't hover over him and uh, between the two cherubims on Jesus' head. Jesus was God in the flesh. And so our, our typology falls apart if we're going to say that this is a picture of Jesus Christ. This is a picture of the church of Jesus Christ. This is gold divinity with wood humanity uh, made together into one uh, compartment, uh, and it was the place of the presence of God, the presence of God in the earth. was located upon this, uh, upon this Ark of the Covenant and the Mercy Seat, uh, and in our uh, dispensation and what God is doing today, God, the focus of God's presence is the church, uh, the assembly. That's where God meets with man in the assembly. Now, well, doesn't God meet with me if I... Pray somewhere, yeah, God will meet with you. There's no, uh, God met with people other places besides the, the Ark of the Covenant. God showed up different places at different times. That's understandable, that's understood. But the way, the, the plan of God to meet with man was not just those spontaneous times. The plan of God to meet with man on a regular basis was the Ark of the Covenant or the church. If you want to meet with God, you come to church. You want to know where God is, uh, you come to church. That's where God does uh, divine business. Amen. Okay, uh, so this is uh, all of God's plan is led up to uh, His revelation through the church. His working in redemption uh, through the church. This is uh, God's plan uh, all from all time and eternity that uh, this is what's demonstrated in the, the tabernacle that God would meet with man through the assembly. Amen. So, we need to... The art of the covenant. Come on. The ark of the covenant. What is uh, an ark, by the way? Who knows what's, what's an ark for? Okay, it's a container. And uh, what are some of the arks in the Bible? Paul? Okay. So we have these two arks. There's also another... Ark that's, uh, it's not called an ark in the Bible, but when uh, Jesus talks about a scribe of the kingdom that takes from his treasure or from his ark, literally, things new and old. And so we have the, uh, the treasure aspect. But in each of these things, we have a picture of protection. A picture of Something of value that is being kept, that is being held, that is being protected. And so the Ark of the Covenant is that. It is the 
the ark that is, uh, uh, they're protecting the covenant. They're inside of the ark uh, uh, would be placed uh, the covenant uh, uh, be- between God and between man. So we have the, the reason for this, the utility of this was a thing of protection and there were three things uh, that were placed uh, inside the ark. Could someone find us uh, Exodus 25, uh, verse 21? Uh, Dwayne, uh, Brother uh, Louis, Exodus 16, 33 and 34. And uh, Brother Bernier, uh, Numbers 17, 10 and 11. So this Ark of the Covenant, this box, this thing that is uh, there to uh, hold, to protect, uh, is uh, uh, it has three things inside of it uh, that are a concern to God that he uh, uh, sees uh, held on to or uh, established in the assembly in the church of Jesus Christ. Exodus 25, verse 21. Okay, uh, Exodus 16, 33 and 34. Okay, and Numbers uh, 17, 10 and 11. Okay, we have inside the Ark of the Covenant a picture of the will of God. the Word of God, and the man of God. Three things that the church must keep. The church must protect. The church must be involved in uh, seeing nurtured and brought to pass uh, that if God is going to visit with men, if God's going to do His work in the earth, then the assembly must be involved with these three things. The, uh, the testimony, the, the covenant, uh, the declaration of the will of God to man. What God wanted men to do. The obedience to the will of God. This is the will of God. The Word of God pictured by the manna, that, that bread that came out of heaven, the picture of uh, feeding upon the Word of God and the revelation of God. And what's the story, uh, someone behind Aaron's rod that budded? What's the picture? Uh, what's the situation that's there? Louis? Okay, and uh, so it says, let me just read that again, uh, Numbers 17, 10 and 11. And the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token against rebels, that thou shalt quite take away their murmurings from me, that they die not. And Moses did so as the Lord commanded him, so did he. Fascinating. Originally, we see that this was going to be a place where the testimony, the Ark of the Covenant, was going to be kept, where the covenant was going to be kept, that originally that was the, uh, the situation that was there. 
But God also brought into that, and at a later time, the manna. And at a later time, he brought in Aaron's rod that budded. He says, I want that uh, to be put in the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, I want that to be there. That is going to be part of my covenant uh, that I am going to move uh, through my chosen man. And, you, and the people are going to need to hear my chosen man if I'm going to be involved in using them to bring to pass my purposes in the earth. So the church of Jesus Christ has largely felt that their responsibility is somehow to hold on to the Word of God. That that's all they're required to do. It's just we've got to protect this Word of God. See, in addition to protecting the Word of God and keeping the Word of God proclaimed and keeping our faith to the Word of God, this, uh, this in and of itself will not do uh, what God has proposed. There are people all over the world that are preaching the Word of God, preaching Bible-oriented sermons, but they do not do the will of God. They don't do anything about this. God is not going to move if all there are is, is theological uh, dissertations that are going on. God will move through a people uh, who uh, are involved in doing the will of God. And God wanted it made clear for Israel throughout all their generations uh, that part uh, of His covenant, part of His working uh, with uh, the assembly, with the people of God, uh, was that He would have uh, a chosen man that He would minister through. And this is totally lost in our generation. pastor is just an employee that just uh, when he's not, uh, you know, mowing the church lawn and when he's not uh, uh, Ajaxing the baptismal, uh, that, uh, you know, we, we'll give him a, a, a chance to do a ten-minute sermonette. That's his job description. Well, that's, God's not going to move in that circumstance. God has a man, and God will speak through that man, and that man needs to be allowed to express the mind and the will and the word of God. Hallelujah. And so then, when those things are there, then God, we have the, the mercy seat itself, that God Himself will uh, come, pardon the and he, this picture of, of divinity that is here in this lid, that God Himself will place His mercy seat upon the assembly that will keep to those three things. His mercy seat. That's an interesting title. That God, His presence, will dwell between the cherubim of the mercy seat, that all the focus of what God will do with humanity is right here. 
In this dispensation, all the brazen altar, the brazen laver, the the uh, the, the candlestick, the the table of showbread, the golden uh, uh, altar, all that's involved in the coverings and the and the gates and the door and all the rest uh, are focused at this point, where God will meet with man. Where He says, "There will I." communion with you there will I meet with you and God will meet with us and his dealings with man in mercy if we want God to deal with humanity in mercy then there's going to have to be those things in the assembly the will of God the word of God and the man of God then God has a platform to do what He wants to do in the earth. Then God has a platform to reveal Himself to the earth. Then God has a platform to reconcile people unto Himself. This is what, what the mercy seat was all about. That's what the church of Jesus Christ is all about. To be a revelation of God to the earth. To be the place that God calls people back to Himself. To be the place where men can meet with God and come to know the revelation of God. That's what God wants to happen in the assembly. But see, He meets. And this is the Ark of the Covenant only when these covenant things uh, are in place. Amen. That God wants to do all that through the church of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3, 1 through 12. If somebody could find that for us, Ken Herman. And while he's finding that for us, are there any questions or comments that you have right at this point that we might talk about? Kathy? Amen. Here you have inside of that a stick, a bowl of little things that uh, look like seeds, and you have a scroll. That's that's what's there. Common, ordinary things that that uh, give uh, apparently to the uh, undiscerning eye no importance of themselves. But God has given significance and God has touched each one of these. And then, again, as a picture of us in the church of Jesus Christ, nothing to commend us in terms of outward ability, in terms of outward attractiveness, but that God is moving through our lives. Amen. Good comment. Yes. Okay. The, where the purpose of being a spokesperson for God, I guess, the mouth person of God, uh, is the uh, it would simply be uh, an occupation, a career, something to bring me prestige, bring me an income. But the man of God is one whose heart is after God, who will speak for God, whatever the results may be, whatever the price may be. And that makes all the difference in the world. Amen. Not a hireling. Brother Rod, did you have a... Okay. God's man will be vindicated by fruitfulness. Okay. The man of God will be fruitful, and that will be evidence of God's working through his life. Excellent. Brother Mike? Oh, I'm sorry. Mike, hold on a second. Jeff, you had... That was protection that yes, amen. To protect those things, not to protect your Sunday school program, not protect uh, your uh, uh, programs and other things. These are the things that God 
was concerned about. Brother Mike and then sister. Yes. Yeah, you'll see, and it's it's no, uh, it's not without uh, significance that uh, the great thrust today is the uh, tearing down of uh, spiritual leaders. That uh, every any strong leader is uh, uh, then that there's a cult vibes. That's uh, that's a cult and. Uh, down godly leadership but god has always moved through a godly man god will always come visit speak to a man and that man will speak for god and that has been god's plan all throughout time amen and so whatever uh the world is saying whatever the church of jesus christ is falling over backwards just so the world won't think that that uh, they're a cult and so they're they're uh, Casting aside the will and the revelation of God just so nobody will ever call them a cult. Well, we don't compromise the Word of God no matter what they call us. Amen. Sister Foster and then Jim. Yeah. Amen. Good. Someone find us uh, Psalm 83. Mike Solano. Okay. All this... The revelation of God through the church. Let's uh, read uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Uh, familiar to it from our study of the mysteries of the kingdom. And we want to hear this, Ephesians 3, 1 through 12. Okay, this passage of Scripture that we just read, as we looked at uh, maybe 18 months ago, talks about that God's plan for all eternity was to reveal Himself and His manifold wisdom through the assembly. That wasn't just a second thought of His when things didn't work out with Israel. That was His plan for all time, that God would make known His manifold wisdom through the church. And so here we have that picture again of the tabernacle, in the, the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, the revelation of God that comes through from the, uh, from the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant. Why two cherubim on the uh, Ark of the Covenant? Why uh, on the mercy seat? Why are they there? Why, why the purpose of these being there? Okay, we have a protection. See, you and I, as the church, we have a responsibility to contend for the faith. We have a responsibility to the will, to the word, and to the man of God. But the thing is that the real hope and the real confidence that you and I have is that if we will keep to these things, then God we'll see a divine protection, a supernatural protection that is brought to our lives and to our assemblies. There's many campaigns that a church uh, that's doing the will of God will have to go through. 
Numbers of things that this church has weathered and campaigns that this church has fought through the leadership of our pastor, through the, the will and the mind of God that's been given. Numbers of things that we've survived. And that has been because you and I have kept to, to the will, the word, and to the man of God. But there's also been something that goes far beyond our ability. Something that God has done for us to keep us uh, in the place and keep us with a thrust that God wants us to have. Psalm 83, if someone could read that for us. Okay, so here we have the... Uh, we have it's a psalm of Asaph here. He's calling out on God. Here is the assaults that come from the different areas. A number of historical reference are given. Uh, and all these times when people would come against the people of God, the working of God in the earth, and that God would vindicate and God would move. And here is, uh, again, the cry that God overthrow. These are trying to spoil your houses the places of your working in the earth, and God, you overthrow those. And we have a confidence that as we move in the will of God, as we pursue the thrust of evangelism that God has called us to, that not only must we exercise ourselves in protection, but we have a confidence in divine protection if you and I will be faithful. Amen. Okay, I, we need to just really quickly go over the aspect that is here of dominion. Dominion. And we need some scriptures real quickly. Uh, uh, Joshua 3.17. Uh, Dwayne Renz, Bob, Rob Kennard, Joshua 6, verse 9 and verse 20. Uh, Morgan, 1 Samuel 6, 19 and 20. Uh, Brother Bernier, uh, 1 Samuel 5, uh, uh, 1 through 8. Then we need also Matthew 16, 18 and 19. Ron Stewart, uh, Larry Elliott, uh, Matthew 28, 18 and 20, 18 through 20. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 17. Randy Foster, Mick Woodcock, uh, Luke 10. 19. If we can, I don't think we're going to be able to get through these, but let's uh, see. Here's the Ark of the Covenant uh, in the expression of dominion and power. Joshua 3, 17. Okay, here's the expression of power and an obstacle. The river of Jordan that lies before him. The Ark of the Covenant goes uh, and the Jordan River parts uh, and they go on both sides. Okay, uh, they go through on uh, there. Okay, Joshua 6, 9 and 20. Okay, the pulling down uh, of a stronghold. 1 Samuel 6, 19 through 20. Okay, here's uh, the tampering of men, the schemes of men. And then finally, uh, our last one, uh, 1 Samuel 5, 1 through 8. 
Dagon. Okay, let, I, I better just stop you there because we're running out of time. You remember uh, they put the ark in and Dagon falls over. His head falls off, his arms fall off every time they finally move him out. And so we have that uh, expression of demonic power. Okay, and so then through uh, the Word of God, Matthew 16, 18 through 19, uh, we have the coming against obstacles. Uh, the gates of hell shall not uh, prevail against uh, the church. Amen. For the strongholds, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Second uh, uh, Corinthians, First Corinthians three seventeen and Second Timothy three five through nine talks about the schemes of men and then uh, the demonic power. Luke ten nineteen, uh, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing, and then Mark sixteen eighteen talks about power over the demonic. So just as the Ark of the Covenant exercised dominion in the, uh, in the Old Testament revelation, so now the church of Jesus Christ exercises invincible power against obstacles, strongholds, the schemes of men, and demonic power. Praise God. Let's start church. Hallelujah. Thank you. Brother.